Welcome to the Irish Nurses in the NHS podcast series. 2023 marks the 75th anniversary of Britain's National Health Service. Since its inception in 1948, there was a huge demand for nurses as the new health service was being rolled out across the country, particularly in the 1950s. I arrived at the nursing home. It was a nursing sister that used to be the home sister. She opened the door and said, oh, a new girl from Ireland. There was accommodation, obviously, included, and it seemed quite a safe place to go to. When you leave Ireland, I mean, for the very first time, it can be quite frightening. So my mother was actually quite happy that I was going to a nurse's home. We stuck together a lot, and that was the support network, I think. And I loved the nursing home cooking, washing together, you know, parties together, whatever else. It was good. It was really, really good. The active recruitment campaign launched by the NHS in Ireland attracted tens of thousands of young Irish women with the offer of free training, accommodation and the chance to earn a wage during their nurse training. In fact, where um, our nurse's home was is now a car park. So, you know, no, no nurse's homes anymore. They've gone. Well, living in a nurse's home at low cost, with at least a little bit of money every month, surrounded by other Irish girls, probably, of my own age, that can't be too bad. In this episode, we hear the story of how the nurse's home was central to the recruitment and retention of tens of thousands of Irish nurses into the NHS in Home Away From Home. And I thought, oh, I want to be a writer, you know, I'd like to be a writer. Ethel was working in a bookshop. Surely it was the ideal job for a young aspiring writer. Not so. To be a writer was sort of an ambition, but I knew it was an ambition that wouldn't earn a living. She worked hard at her job, stayed loyal, and business was booming there under her stewardship. She asked her boss for a raise. So I rang up and I asked if I, you would give me a rise. Um, I was getting £4 a week with my board. And I said, would you give me five? And he refused, even though he said I'd increased his business by 50%. And I thought, that's it. That's it. I'm finished. I'm finished with Ireland for now. And that night, overnight, I decided to go nursing. Literally. Ethel made a snap decision that would change the course of her life for the next 40 years. You never had a dream of being... Never, never, never. Just literally, I thought I'd go nursing, but I thought I wouldn't be able to stick it. But it was a way of going, leaving Ireland, having accommodation, and 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 everyone was saying to me, "But you never wanted to be a nurse." And I said, "No, but girls that go nursing always want to be nurses," and they were saying, which is true. Well, with most, I think, mm-hmm. most, mm-hmm. literally overnight, and it was financial. Um, and also, I was 22. Mm. So I had come to um, a stalemate of, um, you know, of what I could do in Ireland. You know what I mean? Ethel was pragmatic. She needed to earn a living. There were no jobs for her at home. The NHS, which was actively recruiting in Ireland, had got her full attention. Finally, there was a way out of this quandary. But before she could go anywhere... She had to convince her family first of her decision to become a nurse. 
I wrote to two hospitals. I went, I went down the next morning. I said to Mammy, I think I'll go nursing. She said, what? You want to go nursing? You never said you wanted to go nursing. I said, no, I, I think I'll go nursing because it'll be better than what I've... It'll be better, you know, probably than what I've been doing, you know. And, and, and if I don't like it, I will leave it. I was intended to go with the intention probably of leaving it, you know, but just to get there, just to get to England. Ethel was accepted into nurse training. However, the journey over to England wasn't so straightforward. I mean, on my day of arrival, my taxi took me to the wrong hospital. I arrived at the North Seves, landed the nurse's home, and um, the um, home sister said, you know, she, she wasn't expecting anyone. And when I said that I was from Ireland, she said, all the Irish girls go to the city general. <laughs> but none of them went to the North Staffordshire Infirmary. Yeah, which was more of an English teaching hospital, you know. So you met more English people in school? I met more English people, you know what I mean. But in the nurses' home, we were all Irish. Mm. We were all Irish because the matron was Irish and the deputy matron was Irish. Mm. And she recruited in Ireland yearly, practically. Mm. So there was an awful lot of girls from Mayo there, you know, and... um, we had to be in at 10 o'clock at night, you know what I mean, things like that. But it was strict. But, um, yeah, it was just different. And I think uh, living in a nurse's home, we were, um, how would I say, we only mixed with the Irish girls because the English girls mostly lived out. Mm-hmm. I don't think any of them lived in, looking back. They mostly lived locally. So you were only mixing with, your own. with Irish, with your own, yeah, as I say. Ethel and her colleagues completed their training. Even though they could have stayed on in the nurses' home as staff nurses, they decided to move out. But it wasn't long before they regretted their decision. When we were thinking of what we were going to do next, you know, because you, at that time you had to give um, at least six months to the hospital as a staff nurse or a year. So we did that. We did that. But we lived out for those six months. It was hell. We we were trying to get back into the nurse's home, believe it or not, after about two months because we wanted to get back in, you know. We were frozen and we were starving. <laughs> we wanted to get back oh, in, no, back into the I... nurse's home, yeah, because we would have a, a staff nurse's sitting room, you know, oh. with an open fire, you know, yeah. and better um, treatment as a staff nurse. But, but we had made the foolish decision to live out. And... There was no going back. In fact, where um, our nurse's home was is now a car park. So, you know, no, no nurse's homes anymore. They've yeah. gone. I actually applied to a couple of places in Ireland, but I found that they were very oversubscribed and it was actually quite hard to get into nursing in Ireland. Rosemary had always wanted to be a nurse, but it was proving to be almost impossible to get into training in Ireland. So when the NHS came to the table with an offer of free accommodation and training, that sealed the deal for her in more ways than one. And I think the reason was there were very big families and there was never really a shortage of people to go into nursing. So there was advertisements for nurses here in in the UK and I applied to a few places. I applied to Basingstoke and quite like the sound of it and there was accommodation obviously included and it seemed quite a safe 
place to go to when you leave Ireland I mean for the very first time it can be quite frightening so my mother was actually quite happy that I was going to a nurse's home um, I was going to be educated and become a nurse while I, I kind of lived in the, in the nurse's home and, and uh, um, life is actually sort of very settled for me I suppose in a way like Ethel before her, when Rosemary completed her nurse training, she too moved out of the nurse's home and into a flat. And what was that like? Was that oh, hard to yeah, get used to? Yeah, it was, because actually you kind of miss the camaraderie and, and, and you, do, you just miss your friends and it's a whole new way of life. Mm-hmm. Because when you live in the nurse's home and you're actually close to the hospital, your life is very structured. I mean, you know, you, you you know exactly. I mean, you get up in the morning, you get dressed and have your breakfast, and then you just walk. The, the the nurse's home was like there, and the hospital was there, so it was just very very convenient. A bit spoiled, really, I suppose. It took a plane, a train, and a taxi to get Marie to her new life in Britain. This young girl was leaving behind everything that was familiar, but when she arrived in the new country. It was like being home away from home. So I flew on the 30th of March, 1969, from Cork, which was only a little tiny little airport at that time, to London Heathrow, the Follies of Youth, was met by somebody from the British Consulate, taken to Victoria, put on a train, given a little card with the name of the hospital, told to give that to the cab driver, and they got a cab to the nurse's home. All in one go, without actually having any nerves about it at all. This was all really exciting and everything. I arrived at the nursing home. Uh, it was a nursing um, sister that used to be the home sister. She opened the door. She said, oh, a new girl from Ireland. She opened another door and she screamed down this corridor, Breda, please come. And this little girl came popping out of a room and came up. And uh, we met and there was a whole lot of Irish girls Malaysian girls, Trinidadian girls, Jamaican girls, and we all became a group of friends together, and that's how I started my nursing career. It was a rite of passage for a young girl to live in the nurse's home during her nurse training. It was home away from home, but unlike Ethel and Rosemary before her, only a year into her training, Marie was already planning to move out. So at that point you were living in the nurse's home, so when did you live out then? As soon as I possibly could. We had to live in for one year. Then you had to get a letter from your parents say that you had permission to move out and we found a two-bedroom flat over a furniture shop and three of us it was a two single beds in, a, in one room and a one bed in the other room tiny little room and you went up two steps to the bathroom and down two steps to the sitting room and kitchen and we thought we had landed and it was lovely it was the freedom be Dublin, it could be London. I didn't know where I was going, but I ended up in London anyway. I wasn't planned, basically, and I didn't think, I'm going to England, that's it. Ireland or England? It didn't matter to Phil where she was going, so long as it was to train as a nurse. It just happened that I got in a place and I came to do my nurse training. The nurse's home was a central part of her life. It was a place where friendships were forged. Life was good. We had fun, great fun, you know, within the nursing home. We all stuck together and everything else. And, um... I'm sure all have probably told you we used to go up to the was it the Empire in Leicester Square or some big dance hall, maybe once once a month or twice a month on a Saturday night. 
We burnt the candle at both ends. I might add some mornings I went in on duty, having not been to bed the night before. <laughs> but the social scene was, we stuck together a lot. And that was the support network, I think. And I loved the nursing home cooking, washing together, you know, parties together, whatever else. It was good. It was really, really good. And even on night duty then, it was a real eye-opener. When we came home in the morning, the domestic staff, mainly English at the time, would always have a lovely big bacon sandwich ready for you. And the cleaner would make sure that, you know, the room was warm. And they were nice. They were very, very nice. Did you get your meals, though, in the nurses' home where you had to buy and cook your own food? No, well, we did. We could cook. There was a kitchen on every floor, but from night duty, we used to go into the canteen and they'd have our breakfast ready for us. It was subsidised, really. But there was always the extra bit because you were on night duty and you needed good sleep and everything else. So, yeah, I, I feel I feel it was good. Mm. I really have more good thoughts than anything else about yeah. my training days. For Olive... Moving into the nurse's home presented an opportunity to live independently away from family, to gently cut the cord, so to speak. But I moved back once I knew I was um, going to be leaving on the 2nd of January and I knew I was only moving back in home for a couple of months. And my thoughts were, it's a way of doing something different. Um, it's a way of doing something I'm vaguely interested in. And it's one way of living um, away from my parents without worrying too much about money because I knew I could live in the nurse's home if I wanted to. So they, they were the reasons I did it. And uh, so, yeah, I left Cork, flew out from Cork Airport on the 2nd of January 1974. However, her quest for independence was not all plain sailing at the beginning. I arrived, kind of, this was about four or five o'clock in the afternoon. It was, it was, it was dark, getting dark. And um, I was told that all the rooms in the hospital for the new nurses were gone, that I was going to be ferried up to Park Hospital, which was a few miles away, uh, which used to be an old TB hospital and they had a nurse's residence there. So I was put in a taxi, I think along with a few others, or a, a minibus, and then driven up to Park Hospital, which was really old-fashioned and weird and creepy. And that was the beginning. She was philosophical about it, but her expectations were also realistic. So you would say, would you, that nursing wasn't necessarily a vocation, but maybe was it more of a means to an end? Oh, it was means to an end. And in fact, I would have um, guessed that I wouldn't have stayed in nursing at all. I, I mean, I really saw it as a bridge to other possibilities. Mm. And I'd been living in this grotty old flat in Cork apartment a few months when I moved back home again. And it was miserable because it was it was really dingy and awful. And I thought, well, living in a nurse's home at low cost, with at least a little bit of money every month, surrounded by other Irish girls, probably, of my own age, that can't be too bad. It's a way of getting away, actually without taking too many risks. When Olive completed her training, she was offered a staff nurse position in South London. The job came with accommodation in the nurse's home attached to the hospital. She didn't hesitate. She accepted the job and now that her training was finished, it was time to have some fun. And in the nurse's home where I lived, I moved into this little nurse's home that was unsupervised with no living matron. And Phil lived there. Phil is one of the other interviewees. And it was like one long party, really. You know, it was, it was just wild. <laughs> 
great. Yeah, that was great fun. Thanks for tuning into the Irish Nurses in the NHS podcast series. The Irish Nurses in the NHS podcast series is produced by Gráinne MacPolan and Louise Ryan in association with the Department of Foreign Affairs, the Irish Abroad Unit and the London Irish Centre. In our next podcast, we will hear the women's stories about the nurses' uniform in belts and buckles. We would like to thank the nurses who contributed to the making of this podcast. Mm-hmm.